Chapter Ten of Lucinda by Frederick Schlegel, translated by Paul Bernard Thomas in 1914. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Julius to Antonio. You have changed a great deal of late. Beware, my friend, that you do not lose your sense for the great before you realize it. What will that mean? You will finally acquire so much modesty and delicacy that heart and feeling will be lost. Where then will be your manhood and your power of action? I shall yet come to the point of treating you as you treat me, since we have not been living with each other, but near each other. I shall have to set limits for you and say, even if he has a sense for everything else that is beautiful, still he lacks all sense for friendship. Still, I shall never set myself up as a moral critic of my friend and his conduct. He who can do that does not deserve the rare good fortune to have a friend. That you wrong yourself, first of all, only makes the matter worse. Tell me seriously, do you think there is virtue in these cool subtleties of feeling, in these cunning mental gymnastics which consume the marrow of a man's life and leave him hollow inside? For a long time I was resigned and said nothing. I did not doubt at all that you, who know so much, would also probably know the causes that have destroyed our friendship. It almost seems as if I was mistaken, since you were so astonished at my attaching myself to Edward and asked how you had offended me, as if you did not understand it. If it were only that, only some one thing like that, then it would not be worth while to ask such a painful question. The question would answer and settle itself. But is it not more than that, when on every occasion I must feel it a fresh desecration to tell you everything about Edward, just as it happened? To be sure you have done nothing, have not even said anything aloud, but I know and see very well how you think about it. And if I did not know it and see it, where would be the invisible communion of our spirits and the beautiful magic of this communion? It certainly cannot occur to you to want to hold back still longer and by sheer finesse to try to end the misunderstanding, for otherwise I should myself really have nothing more to say. You two are unquestionably separated by an everlasting chasm. The quiet, clear depth of your being and the hot struggle of his restless life lie at the opposite ends of human existence. He is all action. You are a sensitive, contemplative nature. For that reason you should have sense for everything, and you really do have it, save when you cultivate an intentional reserve. And that really vexes me. Better that you should hate the noble fellow than misjudge him. But where will it lead if you unnaturally accustom yourself to use your utmost wit in finding nothing but the commonplace in what little of greatness and beauty there is in him, and that without reducing your claim to a liberal mind? Is that your boasted many-sidedness? To be sure you observe the principle of equality, and one man does not fare much better than another, 
except that each one is misunderstood in a peculiar way have you not also forced me to say nothing to you or to anyone else about that which i feel to be the highest and that merely because you could not hold back your opinion until it was the proper time and because your mind is always imagining limitations in others before it can find its own you have almost obliged me to explain to you how great my own worth really is how much more just and safe it would have been if now and then you had not passed judgment but had believed if you had presupposed in me an unknown infinite to be sure my own negligence is to blame for it all perhaps too it was idiosyncrasy that i wanted to share with you the entire present without letting you know anything about the past and the future somehow it went against my feelings and i regarded it too as superfluous for as a matter of fact i gave you credit for a great deal of intelligence oh antonio if i could be doubtful about the eternal truths you might have brought me to the point of regarding that quiet beautiful friendship which is based merely upon the harmony of being and living together as something false and perverse is it now still incomprehensible if i quite go over to the other side i renounce refined enjoyment and plunge into the wild battle of life i hasten to edward everything is agreed upon we will not only live together but we will work and act in fraternal unison he is rough and uncouth his virtue is strong rather than sensitive but he has a great manly heart and in better times than ours he would have been i say it boldly a hero letter two it is no doubt well that we have at last talked to each other again i am quite content too that you did not wish to write and that you spoke slightingly of poor innocent letters because you really have more genius for talking but i have in my heart one or two things more that i could not say to you and will now endeavor to intimate with the pen but why in this way oh my friend if i only knew of a more refined and subtle mode of communicating my thoughts from afar in some exquisite form to me conversation is too loud too near and also too disconnected these separate words always present one side only a part of the connected coherent whole which i should like to intimate in its complete harmony and can men who are going to live together be too tender toward each other in their intercourse it is not as if i were afraid of saying something too strong and for that reason avoided speaking of certain persons and certain affairs so far as that is concerned i think that the boundary line between us is forever destroyed what i still had to say to you is something very general and yet i prefer to choose this roundabout way i do not know whether it is false or true delicacy but i should find it very hard to talk with you face to face about friendship and yet it is thoughts on that subject that i wish to convey to you the application and it is about that that i am most concerned you will yourself easily be able to make to my mind there are two kinds of friendship 
the first is entirely external insatiably it rushes from deed to deed receives every worthy man into the great alliance of united heroes ties the old knot tighter by means of every virtue and ever aspires to win new brothers the more it has the more it wants call to mind the antique world and you will find this friendship which wages honest war against all that is bad even were it in ourselves or in our beloved friend you will find this friendship everywhere where noble strength exerts influence on great masses and creates or governs worlds now times are different but the ideal of this friendship will stay with me as long as i live the other friendship is entirely internal a wonderful symmetry of the most intimately personal as if it had been previously ordained that one should always be perfecting himself all thoughts and feelings become social through the mutual excitation and development of the holiest and this purely spiritual love this beautiful mysticism of intercourse does not merely hover as the distant goal of a perhaps futile effort no it is only to be found complete there no deception occurs as in that other heroic form whether a man's virtue will stand the test his actions must show but he who inwardly sees and feels humanity and the world will not be apt to look for public disinterestedness where it is not to be found he only is capable of this friendship who is quite composed within himself and he knows how to honor with humility the divinity of the other when the gods have bestowed such friendship upon a man he can do nothing more than protect it carefully against everything external and guard its holy being for the delicate flower is perishable End of section 10 Julius to Antonio